Welcome to another edition of the Advanced Analytics Podcast. Um, my name is Guy Williams. I, I'm like the self... I, no one said I was the host. I just started hosting and just no one... People were just nice people who just let me host. Um, my brother, Paul Williams, is not here, but he just sent me a text message that I'll read out. Um, the text says, quote, Oh crap, I'm out at dinner, exclamation mark. I thought it was tomorrow. I forgot to bring it forward a day. And we delayed this podcast by a day, but here we are. Um, and I'm joined, I'm not just some insane person doing a podcast by myself, which is something I've done before. Because <laughs> I am insane. Um, I'm joined by JT. Welcome. Hello. Welcome to me. <laughs> Congratulations to me. What was the podcast you did by yourself? This, this podcast, I just like, Paul like wouldn't re- respond to my texts much like this scenario. So what I did is I just monologued a basketball podcast that's pretty good actually i want to go back and listen to it eh? because it it sounds like something an insane person would do we should have some sort of um guest on next time paul can't make it yeah but the thing about paul is you don't know he can't make it you just know that you'll send multiple messages and he won't reply to them but that's how he responds to every podcast and then occasionally normally he will show up but then occasionally just doesn't show up yeah i must admit as i've told you privately i'm absolutely fascinated by um the sort of like psychodrama that rolls out among the two of you each week as he refuses to acknowledge very, uh, very communicative but refuses to acknowledge the que- the question about whether he'll commit to a time <laughs> yeah, but not only that he will you don't even see our personal texts i will text him on a ratio of five texts to one and i, I don't mean like i don't mean like because I, I text a lot you've seen i i write like long paragraphs because I'm, I'm not well in the head but i will send five separate thoughts on different days with different questions and different information, and he will respond like one in four, one in five ratio. I reckon it's not a good sign. Yeah, eh? but I feel like I don't feel like anyone's getting a good ratio back from Paul. Yeah, but like, <laughs> he, he's like a cool guy. He's cool. He's too. But cool. he's got more things happening. Where I'm just mostly sitting silently, working or sitting silently. And that's what I love about you, and that's why I love that you're here. It's time to do some Basel analysis. It's time for advanced analytics. So the first thing I've observed is that we're a bit... The, the main thing we wrote in the run sheet for today's podcast is um, Paul talks about all the NBA games he's been to and um, Paul's not here. Well, I've got a curveball. Yeah. I thought I think we should run through our, our top news, which is mainly um, gripe-related. <laughs> and then maybe we should do a quick roundup of um, the top trade... Rumors and have some prediction, Paulless predictions. Yeah, sick. Um, I, I'm keen for that, man. Uh, what's one of your minor gripes for this week? It's time for the week in review. Week in review. I think I thought you were going to say it's time for gripe, griping. Gripe and review. That's, we just don't have. Paul also makes the stings, so we don't have any. Right. We can't change the music. We've just got to fit into the the um, predetermined um, genders that we have assigned to ourselves. Sorry, the that time was... is ripe for grap. Ben. Is that good? Did you used to be a band back in the day? You seem like the kind of guy who would have been nah, in a band at some sh- point. Uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, well, I don't want to say no. So, yes and no. So, okay, so a little backstory. You know when kids do recorder at primary school? Yeah. So, I had already done the recorder by the time that rolled around because I'd lived in England for a, for a little bit when I was younger. Ooh. And I'd done, so I was ahead of the curve. So, when it, when it rolled around to recorder time, 
and Ashurst Primary School where I went to, I was like, look, I've already done recorder. I'm not going to waste my time. I'll do another <laughs> instrument. Did the guitar, but I was only like 10 or whatever. So I was like, tried to do the guitar. It was too hard. And I was like, oh, actually, I will just do recorder anyway. But I was like then two years ahead of anyone, everyone at recorder. So they're like, you really, there's not much we can teach you. You should really do lessons. So <laughs> I did lessons with a private instructor. And then, so fast forward two years later, leaving intermediate, um, going to high school, everyone else had stopped the recorder after that one term. But because I've been such a prodigy, but not actually a prodigy, I just had two years additional to everyone else. Yeah. They were, my parents were like, well, do you want to do like a proper instrument? And I was like, no way. I've only... <laughs> I've only just mastering the, you know, the, there's a big recorder you can move on to and, and an even bigger one after that. So I, unlike most people, continued to play the recorder well into my teenage years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so then by the time I like realized, and I was like a reasonably like cool kid and it's just never held me back. Uh, anyway, so by the time I got to my teenage years and I was like, well, I've really wasted this, this time on the recorder. <laughs> Um, I mean, I can play yesterday, which is fun for a sing along. Uh, but anyway, so I was like, oh, I'll you can't sing along because you're you've got your mouth on the recorder the whole time. No, but you could if I was doing it here. Far out, that'd uh, be nice. And so then I was like, oh well, I'm going to try and start a band. And um, I started. We started a punk band, and I wrote I wrote the songs and played bass, but I've never played the bass before. And I think we had two and a half songs. We played one house party and then broke up <laughs> through creative differences. And then we just told the school that we'd won Rock Quest. And so they didn't check they didn't check up on that claim at all and printed us in the printed a, a write up in the end of year magazine. <laughs> Tom Tom O'Hawk was the name of our band. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Well congratulations on Thank fate you. winning Rock Quest. That's an achievement. Um, so, uh, so to answer your question, no, I've never been in a band. No, you were. That was cl- that was a, v- a very clear story about a band. So you're playing bass guitar, not not bass recorder or anything. Uh, no, no recorders allowed. Um, what was the oldest age you played recorder to? Oh, like fifteen. I probably quit. You're a fascinating man, eh? So, did kids bully you about the recorder playing? No, I just think that I. I think for all intents and purposes, I should have been mercilessly bullied. But what happened was I fell through this massive loophole of bullying where I went to a small country school and was like in the top, like a top dog of the small country school. So never really, it's like, have you heard the, sto- the short story about the man of the man that can see in the, in the land of the blind? What? No, what are you talking okay, about? Okay, so there's a, there's a short story about a man who he, he falls down this, this mountain in the Andes and he gets to this village, and everyone there is blind, right? Okay. So, but he can see, and he's like, "Oh, I'm got a huge advantage on these people. I'm going to be a king." But they'd they they had adapted perfectly to life without sight. They didn't need to see, and they didn't believe him. He could see, but he couldn't do things they could, like walk around at night, smell people, or like noticeable people. So they thought he was like lesser than them, like he was disabled. Oh, okay. but just, so any, anyway, wait, so just 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 wait. wait. If, People who can see can still walk around at night. It's just a bit hard. <laughs> no, not in the dark though. Whereas they they didn't they could see they knew by memory at where every all the furniture was in that. And he'd be like stumbling into stuff and be like, "What's wrong with you?" Okay, so he Dummy. so the disability in the end was his. Yeah, because all of his advantages were like, "Oh, I know what color that couch is." They were like, "We don't know what color it is. You, we don't know what you're talking about." 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, so in anyway, this, in the scenario, you're the the man who can see. No, I'm. No, I lived in a land of the blind. But <laughs> so, so I was in the land of the blind, which is this country school where like no one was cool, and I was that I was like the best at all these sports, but because no one else bothered to play anything but rugby, I was the only one who wanted to play soccer. So. I was okay. good at it. And so it, by the time I got to high school, I'd already had the confidence of one of those lifelong blind people. I didn't realize. So uh, when faced with another reality, I just didn't accept that reality and just extended myself out of the fact that I was like clearly should have been bullied my whole life, but never have been. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's inspirational. I was a little bit the same just going to a small Catholic school. And yeah, I hear you. But I was in the sprinting team. I'm not fast at all. I've never been fast. But I was in the splinting team just because they needed four boys of a certain age to run in the... Yeah, that's so, right. So I, I, I kept thinking, I was the first runner because I was the slowest. I set us back 10 metres, you know, but like still I was in the sprinting, you know, like I, I, I feel you, that small town confidence, there's a lot to be said for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. So but when you when you rocked up to a big boy school, you went to Palmy Boys, right? I went to Freiburg, which is a big co-ed. A big co-ed school, you show up there and you've got a recorder. Surely someone's breaking that recorder. Nah, but because like I was still, I mean, probably what I didn't realize till many years later was I was the bully, which is why I wasn't getting bullied a lot. <laughs> and so, but I didn't know that at the time. I just thought everyone was, and so I was probably just like viciously attacking people before yeah. they even had a chance to. And I wasn't like by that stage I'd given. <laughs> you I used did, the recorder as a weapon to hit the other no, kids. Verbal only. Um, <laughs> and so no, I probably didn't. I was probably smart enough to not advertise the recorder. I probably always had that little killer instinct. I sort of had a sense, but look, I was gonna, I was gonna go to the. Um, have I ever told this story about my Goldberg t-shirt? <laughs> now I want to hear about it. Your okay, Goldberg, so the wrestler, you know, you know wrestling. Yes, yeah. so I was a huge WCW fan as a, a kid. Like, just loved wrestling. Yeah, like everyone should and does. Wrestling's awesome, and Isn't so. It actually? Yeah, it's so cool. Like that's all the UFC is now. They're just like wrestling characters that have real fights. Yeah. They'll have, so anyway, it, it's sort of problematic, but um, anyway, I enjoyed it. And my favorite wrestler was Goldberg. And for people that don't know, Goldberg was like a former NFL wrestler, a former NFL player turned wrestler who was this bald man with this goatee who would, whose only move, like because he was sort of he, a professional sportsman, he wasn't really a proper wrestler. And he only had one move, which was just like spear tackling people. But anyway, he was my favorite. And when I was, I was in Christchurch, right before going to um, high school and Palmas North, like down there for the holidays. And as you can imagine, Christchurch's an absolute mecca for wrestling merchandise. Yeah, love it. So I was like, I went to the mall and dad's like, pick out any t-shirt you want to like fill your first Mufti day, like go and really make a statement. So I was like flicking through those t-shirts, Undertaker, Stone Cold. And then I found this one of um, Goldberg, absolutely glistening. Like you could like you could see the vest like rippling on the poorly screen printed t shirt of this like naked Hulk of a man just wearing these black Y fronts and these black gloves and just like dripping in like some sort of vest grease. And I was like, Dad, that's the one. Like get it for me. And on the first Mufti day, I don't think Dad had ever clocked the t shirt that I was going to wear. Um, and on the first Mufti day, I was like, went to put it on went to leave the house and my dad's never ever like would have never comment on any clothes I'd want to wear like my parents would let me wear whatever like they're not worried about any situation and I was about to leave the house to get the bus and he was like you can't leave the house with that t-shirt on like get changed 
I was like, what are you talking about? You bought what for me? It's like, just trust me. You can't wear that. I'm not going to let you. So anyway, so I went back and put whatever, you know, generic Nike t-shirt on, like fury, like absolutely spitting tax, fuming, <laughs> went to the bus, angry on the bus, like really like, would thought, I'll never forgive your dad for this. A- angry at school, angry in first, the first period. Then at lunchtime was like, went over to my mates, like sat down with them, about to tell them the story. Um, and this guy walked past in an Undertaker t-shirt and my like best mate of week one yelled at this guy, nice t-shirt. And then I won't yell what he, it was a derogatory term that I don't feel comfortable repeating in 2021. A, a gay slur. A gay slur, correct. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole school, like seemingly at the same time, turned around at this guy and was just started like like mocking him for wearing a wrestling t-shirt, like really laying it into him. Whoa. And that guy never, never recovered. Like never, his reputation was... <laughs> t- 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 <laughs> And of course, I actually did not jump to his defense. Oh my goodness! Yeah, oh. so there you go. That's so interesting because at my school, it was the tough guys you didn't mess with who were into wrestling. So they would kick your ass if you mocked well, wrestling. That's well, that's what I think about. That would be my advice to any kid that's starting high school: it's, don't worry about trying to get identify what trend to latch onto. You just want to do. You just want to play it safe. Like, go in the middle and then just be agile. Never state an opinion until you've clocked that someone above you has, has stated it, and then <laughs> always be willing to turn on anyone to like advance your position. <laughs> that is toxic advice, but thank you nonetheless. Um, okay, no, I reckon in high school you want to make those mistakes and you kind of like round off the rough edges because I was a bit of a loser at high school and I got mocked for a lot of stuff I did, but I just kind of like, I mean, maybe that's why I grew into such an unusual adult, but like, I just didn't care. I just I just wore my weird stuff and just rocked. I just wore Teva sandals every day of school and just didn't give a shit. Yeah. I, I probably could have been taken down a peg or two at high school. Probably would have made my 20s less of a bumpy ride. Yeah. Uh, so probably, <laughs> if anything. But I thought I was the only person in the world that liked the Smiths, you know, until I got yeah. to about 21 and realized it was, you know, that was not a particularly unique position. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I thought I was the only person who liked the Eagles, so you're doing better than me, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, right. We should probably do some Vassal chat, but that is, that is, I, I love insight into your life. I um, am really fascinated by, and I, I want to ask about your bumpy 20s, but maybe we'll save that for another another time. Give us a taster. Give us a little morsel about why your 20s was bumpy. Uh, nah, look, let's, I think we saved that whole chapter. I don't want to give away all the... <laughs> Don't want to crack open all the gold. But I don't I, want to I, wear it all, all my gold big t-shirts on the first Mufti day. <laughs> yeah. um, basketball chat. Well, he sneaks around the world from Istanbul to Oklahoma, saving ladies who were drowning, scoring hoops and getting steals. With that solid on-ball defense, better hope this man ain't on ya. Tell me. Where in the world is Tabo so speaking of teams that are not doing so well, the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. Have you seen the setback news for Zion? Well, they, they don't. His foot hasn't recovered, and he's not going to be. They don't know when he's going to be back. Now I've got a conspiracy theory. Oh, baby! Well, I, th- this might be actually pretty mainstream, but I don't think he was ever coming back. I think he. I think this was always the plan. Have you? I had a look up of other guys with broken foots. No one comes back that fast. And I reckon David Griffin was just did it on purpose to like try and get some sales, ticket sales, let season passes in New Orleans, like get some buzz, get some yeah. t- TV games. Yeah, well, I, I, they're a very unusual organization, and like obviously JJ Redick left and had nothing good to say about them. 
Um, uh, it was interesting today, their vice president came out, Swin Cash. Is Swin Cash a man or a woman? Whoever they are, that's one of the best names I've ever heard, Swin Cash. I think it was a former, a former WNBA player, I think. But um, Swin Cash came out and said that people were photoshopping pictures of Zion and the haters need to kind of like back off. And I was like, no one's photoshopping those pictures. Don't get me wrong. He looks a lot worse in those photos than he probably actually is. And there's other photos have emerged of him looking like reasonably in well, shape. But um, Yeah, but I'm, I've got another conspiracy theory about this. I think that's the team. Because I've seen heaps of those photos with like fans at the fan shop hmm. of him looking like in real good shape. But but none of them are ever dated, and I've looked at a couple of them on Reddit, and I've looked at the user account, and that user's like never posted before. Ooh. I, I, I wish I, I should have logged it, but I think the Pelicans are like putting this out there. Okay, so 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 for people who don't know, two photos that in two weeks came out of Zion, which is weird because he's a professional athlete. You assume he gets photoed at every game. He's sitting there somewhere. You assume he's in the anyway. Weirdly, only two photos of him existed in two weeks, and both of the photos he looked like 50 kgs overweight he looks really really large for a professional basketball player and he's getting memed he's getting fat shamed whatever you want to call it you know whatever we do on this podcast it was not good right and then and then so jt's claiming the other photos that came out after that where he looked fine are um uh dated photos that have been planted by the team to create good pr well because did you see today that i think tim mcmahon reported that um, sources from the Pelicans said that he was over 330 pounds. That's over 150 kg. Was that because I heard that a week ago? Is that still? And then it got debunked by that photo. Is that is that and more people no, so, reporting? Yeah, so I'm saying that 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 photo is like fake debunk, debunking of the real story. Oh, and there was also a, another story leaked. It's just a shit show at the moment. It's going to make a great documentary one day um, or a podcast. Uh, someone was leaking that he was sleeping through video sessions. And um, not reporting for um, rehab, um, tri- uh, f- uh, fitness rehab, not um, alcohol or drug rehab. It's uh, yeah, it's am- it's amazing though. Like how you think? So I was having this argument with a friend who was like, "Oh, well, it wasn't you, was it?" That was, someone was arguing with me about how at that age. Thanks for calling me a friend. Oh no problem at all. Um, I was saying at twenty at twenty one or whatever he is, and if you've be- been super active your whole life, and then you have a broken foot which means you can't do anything. And speaking from my own experience with an ankle, it's very difficult to not gain weight in that scenario. Yeah. But I'm not also not, not used to eating like 9,000 or whatever, 20,000 calories worth of food a day. Yeah. I actually like, I find it remarkable that he hasn't gained more weight. Okay. No, but, but he's, JT, he's a professional athlete. I know his foot's broken, but like you could go on, there's all sorts of apparatus you can do. He, surely he has access to a, like a, a like a hydrotherapy like fitness thing where he can do weightless and water. Like there's so many exercises you can swim. Like there's so many things you can do. I don't know. I just made up hydrotherapy. I don't know if that's a thing, but there's so many things you can do like a bike that don't involve pressure on the foot. Yeah. Well, possibly, but I do think it is, I think it is harder than it seems, especially if you're, if it's not the, if it's not a place you want to be like, that's my theory, right? My theory is more generally trying to eat his way out of of New Orleans. (laughs) And you've been to New Orleans, eh? I have. I didn't enjoy it. I was only there for like two days. I mean, I, I was there and it's like, would be the hardest place to be on a diet in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so many, I love frozen cocktails. Yeah. And it's just like streets and streets of pr- producing those. Yeah. Like frozen slushies, pizza everywhere. Those little like donut bonbon things. Yeah. Um, what are they called? Yeah. That famous 
beignets or something. Beignets, yeah. Um, I I'm really interested in body type and stuff like that now. It's weird how this is going to sound weird, but just did you know that Britney Spears was 16 when the Hit Me Baby One More Time video came out? Yeah, it's sick. It's so weird to look back on it. It's like really creepy. Pedophilic, right? Like I don't want to be like one of those Reddit guys that like everyone's rich and famous as a pedophile, but like it is weird that Britney Spears, she was like the the embodiment of sexiness during my teens. She's only like two years older than me or something like that. But I was 14, so she looked like a woman. She had makeup on. I was like, that's a woman, a sexy woman. But I didn't realize that she was like the epitome of sexiness and she was 16. And that's fine because we were kids. But for pe- older people, like a 25-year-old even, like drooling over her is very unusual. And then like you notice that now where like a lot of the stars, um, when I went to the edge, I found it very uncomfortable. I was only like 25 or 26. But all the stars at the time, Ariana Grande, who when we interviewed her, her mum came along to the interview. She was a sex symbol. Um, uh, and Justin Bieber's girlfriend, her name was Selena Gomez. Both those two stars, and a lot of them at the time, looked, they weren't just like, they might have been like 19 or 20, but they looked very young for their age, like high ponytails. The way they were dressed and the way they were made up was very childlike. And um, I guess it's just like, I'm only just discovering now, yeah, guy, the world's a horrible, misogynistic place. But yeah, just, it kind of creeps me out the way we fetishize over like, you know, a a 17 or 18 year old kid, you know? Yeah, it's that, it is really gross. I'm not quite seeing the connection to Zahn being porky. I've been thinking, I've been thinking, I've been thinking, and guy, I've come up with something. I've been thinking. Well, well, I guess my point was going to be up until you're about 22, I don't think it matters what you do with your body, but you're skinny. Like it's hard to. I haven't. I didn't start putting on weight until I was like 29 or 30. I, I, I think so. My brief, my very, my very um, limited understanding of physiology is it might not have that much impact on your weight what you do to 22 but your actual lifestyle and activity then makes it has a huge impact on your later life like metabolism and stuff like that Mm. so if you're not active at all as a kid even if you're skinny it may be harder to maintain weight later on yeah and it's harder just to go for a run or to be active or something like that okay yeah exactly well i'm sorry about my weird britney spears um tangent but i've been thinking about that a lot and I'm, i'm glad i got it off my chest no, that's good. But I would um, like to talk about just one other um, chubby favorite of mine. Oh, yeah. I've got some chubby chat as well. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think I'm fat phobic, so I'm a bit nervous about this, but um, I'm trying not to be. What, what, do you mean fat, what do you mean fat phobic? I think generally I just have – I worry about myself being racist and sexist and homophobic, all those things. Like not majorly. Like I'm not openly – I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I'm just saying like I have minor biases to things that I don't relate to so well. And I think fat people are the same. Like I think I judge people – who are overweight, that's just a bad part of my personality and something I need to work on. Sorry, you, you say what you're going to say and make me sure. Yeah, no, that's, no that I, under, I understand that. Although, yeah, I mean, I think Zion's going to be okay. I mean, uh, we're not, you reckon? Yeah, I mean, he's not like, we're not, I mean, he's, he's, he's big, but he's like a big unit. Yeah, but like... He's not like being craned into like a hospital bed. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, do you mean just like okay in life or like okay as a basketball player? Because I'm like, this could be... Nah, he, he'll be fine basketball player. I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's playing 40 chess. They'll trade him from the Pelicans as a distressed asset. He doesn't want to go to a team and cost that other team all their assets. 
He's going to no. do like I, I reckon he's going to start wearing like um, uh, what's that flubber? Mo- oh no, Nutty Professor style <laughs> makeup. <laughs> Imagine if a player did that. How incredible that would be! Like <laughs> fake, like wore fat suits, <laughs> faked it, and then just like what the day before gets a trade, and then the day before the season starts, get rid of it all. <laughs> it's a it's a great theory. Can I just I just check this? And I, I've said this before on the podcast, but I want to say it again. The coaches out of suits that happened during the bubble is not okay. Coaches need to get back into suits. And my conspiracy, because I've talked about that a lot, right? Men look great in suits. And it doesn't matter what weight you are, you put on a suit and you look amazing. Um, and now the players, the outer suits into Nike, horrible active wear. They, even the ones who are in shape look bad. Like it's, unless you're very skinny and very well uh, proportioned, those, those zip up shitty Nike tops are going to look bad. Especially the ones with effing thumb holes. That's embarrassing. Some coaches have that. But, um, yeah. You, I think I disagree. I think if you're like a weird looking, sort of like a creepy looking guy already, it makes it worse. So, like, Frank Vogel suck. Like, he looks awful. Yeah. Buttonhoser looks like distressed. <laughs> uh, Tom Thibodeau, he's already, oh, he, I mean, shit, you just, I'm yeah. uh, concerned for him every day of his life. But then yeah. Steve Kerr looks good in the casual outfit. No, okay. I, I, I don't believe you. Um, but um, I'll say this, though, that um, my conspiracy theory is that Nike took the gap and they now can brand the coaches. Nike makes every aspect of clothing except for dress. And the coaches are wearing very expensive suits. And now the coaches are wearing Nike tops. Um, Nike's cashing in. And I think that's why. I think that's the reason. But I think the I think uh, no I'm I love conspiracy theories but I'm going to shoot this one down. I think it's just because the coaches went don't why would they go back? Like if you because to, pick, because it look fashion. Why do I? Why do you wear a suit? Why does he not wear? A I suit? don't why wear do a suit. Wear, why do you wear a suit to your wedding? I don't know. But I used to wear a suit to work when it was like what you had to do, and now yeah. no one wears suits. And I yeah. I would I can't imagine putting a suit on out of choice now. But do you wear a shirt with a collar at least? No, I used to, but not. No one does now, especially in tech. What? what uh, don't you work for a bank? Yeah, yeah, but no one wears. No one uh, wears like um, some people might. Actually, that's not true. But within technology, very few people do. do what do you wear? A t-shirt. Uh, so well, so I'm probably considered one of like the more um, dressy, dressy people, <laughs> and I'll often. So yeah, nine times out of ten, I'll wear. Uh, like a, a a sort of casual shirt, usually long sleeve, uh, like an Oxford shirt, and yeah. uh, some pair, uh, some pair of fashion, like you know, often short cuffed trousers, big checks, you know the style, yeah, and okay. some, and some chucks, right? But following this lockdown in summer, like I I would be I'll be wearing short sleeve polos, short sleeve like t shirts. But the, collar, wearing... the key element is that collar that frames the face. No, but I'm saying I, I'm saying that collar is n- is not a deal breaker for any. I'm happy with a t shirt now. It just do you find I just find that I look now in a t shirt. Now I'm 34. I want to dress my age, and I don't like to look like a man who is trying to be younger than he is. Yeah, so this is I have asked Sophia before to tell me if I ever look like this because I always worry about because I wear a lot of hats, and yeah. one day I saw a guy wearing like a baseball cap. He would only be like five years older than me. Baseball cap, yeah, like baggy t-shirt, track shorts, like I wear every day. And I was like, "What a loser!" Yeah. Act your age. Go to Helen Stein's, get some like khaki chinos <laughs> or whatever. And so I made a promise to tell me if I ever look like that. 
But I think I think the whole world. I think we think that we're not dressing our age, but I think the whole world is just like we're all pretty basic, and we actually are just dressing like how everyone else is. Okay. We're all aging up together. Okay, so what's your? That's my um, chubby shaming. I didn't mean to do that. What's your? What's your take? Uh, Luke, I just want so a lot of people um, and friends of mine have accused me who listen to the podcast of being a fat shamer and saying that uh, specifically my comments about Luca being out of shape. Yeah. And I just wanted it on the record. I mean, it's already on the, a real record, but on this record. Yeah. That Luca's admitted to being porky at the start of the season. Ooh. And I wonder whether that's behind his, behind his bad play to th- kick things off. Okay. So just recently has Luca come out to say he was overweight? Uh, I mean, yeah, the head, headline, headline wasn't like I admitted I was porky, but it was more like... I was out of shape. I need to do better. It is embarrassing how much we talk about weight on this podcast. Eh? Like I'd say our main chat is like um, remembering our youths and uh, musical careers. And then um, the second main chat is like making ridiculous claims that no one can verify us on and be- or back up. Like JT's claim last week that he invented party shirts. And then oh, um, I'd actually like to shout out um, a friend of mine and listener, Rookie, who, who actually cited another a thing I'd forgotten. I invented a cricket shot the pork fork and it's the, where the, you play like a late cut well, shot what's, and you, what's, the, what's the cricket shot called the pork fork the pork fork okay yeah you um you hold the cricket bat like you would imagine getting a fork and stabbing a piece of meat with it yeah and you just try and stab the ball as it goes past so you hit it on the very toe end of the bat <laughs> the pork fork and what is what in what way does this at all benefit anyone in the game of cricket it's just people can't predict. Like no one knows what's going to happen. They're like what? <laughs> what's this guy doing? But I'd say the most likely scenario there is you're going to get a, a top edge into your own face. Uh, oh, I mean, how often does that happen? Like ninety percent of the time, or ninety? Well, I've never successfully done the shot. <laughs> you have never made contact with the ball. Okay, I'm gonna no, no contact. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna throw in uh, a, a bit of a basketball chat, and it's, it's not. I, I don't even know where the Hornets at the moment at the table. I just need to look at that before I make this take. Um, what are they called? The Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they uh, must be. They're just outside top eight, or maybe no, maybe eight today now. Okay, they're, they're really Orlando magicking it, where they, um, they are heading towards no man's land. And uh, well, I'll make a claim right now. I believe the Hornets will be top. Will be um, get a home semi. What? They're going to be top four. How no? How is that possible? It's anything's possible, baby. Can you the write whole, this? You deserve somebody to hold you accountable for your the whole. Horrific the whole prediction. of the East is like this. The, the East is crazy because there's like two games between the yeah. top thirteen or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. But like, I mean, the Cavs are how the Cavs are still up in the mixer. But like, there are some good teams there that are going to eventually get good. Whereas you can't imagine the Hornets have that much higher to climb, whereas the Celtics and the Hawks are below. The Hawks, by the way, are below 500. as just seeing a team that um, maybe got an unfair, unfairly uh, boosted by last year. But your prediction was what the Ma- the Mavericks, um, who are just above 500, you predicted they were going to finish top one or two, didn't you? Yeah, I believe they were going to win the East, which, uh, West, which doesn't look promising now, given the Suns and the Warriors are both over 800. <laughs> you made that prediction... Um, you made that prediction uh, four weeks ago, so it's not like you like stuffed up before the season started. No, so. but two weeks ago they were like third, and it was still looking good. Okay, well they're below. But they haven't had a great run. But you look at our beloved Lakers; they're right back in it. Yeah, having the last laugh on all the haters. Yeah, well, 
yeah, who, who knows if that's really real? I think they have a soft schedule at the moment. Are they not just going through? They beat, they struggled against, you know, they, they struggle over some bad teams. They lost to the, the understaffed Grizzlies and then they beat OKC and the Magic. Like, they're not really, they're not really together yet, but they are looking a little bit more promising. Um, is that, uh, no, is I just want to throw out, yeah, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, as I was saying to you, I watched um, a clip of Russell Westbrook doing, um, warm-ups for the Lakers game and he's, he's going, he does like a full one-on-one um, like post-up move so he's just like posting up a trainer oh he's a not Rob Horry but it's an ex-basketball player anyway and I watched a clip that was like two and a half minutes so I probably sh- saw him put up 10 shots he missed eight out of 10 I was like you shouldn't be doing that before a game that's like <laughs> just do that in a private I'm sure there's a gym where people can't see it was so mortifying <laughs> Who who's uploading this clip like is this why why are they leaving this out into the world it was, it was like a fan. It was it was it was during the like pregame warm up. So there were fans in the audience. Was the fan shitting on him, like going like, ah, look at Russell Westbrook can't make a shot. Uh, no, nah, the fan was more like presenting it like, oh, isn't it good? He's trying to gain a new skill. Whereas my point is, it's too late. Like you're thirty one, whatever. Like, but you know, you, sh- you should have been doing what everyone else does and go and see Kobe in his gym five years ago. Yeah, no, nah, he um, well, Kobe's passed. Um, I hate to break that to you, but um. Uh, he died in a helicopter crash. Um, uh, Westbrook has been improving though; he's shooting a lot less, and like, yeah, he's putting up some okay games. He's still not like he's never going to be worth his ridiculous salary, and like, never going to be a star. Maybe again, and pro- if they make the All Star, it'll be a, a, a bit of a joke. But um, uh, yeah, he's definitely um, he's definitely looking a bit better as he slowly rounds his way into form, as he does every year. Um, the take I wanted to throw out there, which is. Uh, which is one that is probably not, I've said before, and is probably not that interesting, but I just think it's weird that Jordan sucks as an owner. You know, he's a dominant player. The story always was that he wanted to win everything. He was desperately competitive. He cheated at table tennis. He used to cheat it when they used to bet on whose bag would come off the plane the first. And they, people say that he'd bribe the baggage handlers to make sure his bag, you know, to beat Scotty Pippen out of some money. Scotty Pippen in every story, by the way, just seems like the lovable loser who just gets cheated out of all his money at all times. Um, feel kind of sorry for him. But um, Jordan would want to win any, everything. It's weird how he's entered something as competitive as sports team owning, and he's just shocking. And it'd be like, I understand he's a lot poorer than, say, Barmer and stuff like that. Like, most of his wealth is probably tied up in the team now or something like that. But still, Michael but, Jordan just puts out, he's just so dumb. I'm and gonna... he's one of the worst owners. And it's, it's embarrassing to say about one of the few black owners but oh, the only black owner. Sorry, that's fuck. That's bad, eh? But um, yeah, just Jordan just sucks as an owner, and the, the only thing good he's had is that he accidentally drafted Lonzo Ball or Lamelo Ball, which there was there was a no brainer. Like besides that, he's made every misstep you can kind of make almost. Uh, counterpoint, Cody Zeller. Um, no, but all I'd say though is I don't want to burst your bubble, but there's this there's a little bit of like um, big man and historyism going on with someone like Jordan. So, you know, have you ever heard the uh, sort of that the theory? Well, not so much the theory. Are you going to tell me the parable, the story of the blind man? And the no, 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 not a parable. But but we, redu- we reduce history tend to like to these great figures, right? Napoleon, whatever. Yeah. It's, an, it's an oversimplification uh, to just I'd quickly understand something. At, we at reduce everything, fit. everything Precisely. to black and white so, stories. So the narrative that like someone is so competitive they can will their team to win. Yes, Jordan was uniquely good at lots of things and like yeah. amazing. And I and I've got to admit, like I routinely watch clips and there's a different feeling about watching him 
it seems more magical than any other player ever. Yeah. So, but he, it's still like he could be the most competitive person in the world, which potentially he was, and that that added competitiveness isn't what's getting the Chicago Bulls wins. The Chicago no. Bulls are getting wins because of their roster, of yeah. which he did not put together. He probably outright harmed. So yeah. as an owner, what, in fact, being a competitive owner, unless you can back that up with spending money, yeah, it's you've got no better than you'd be better to be a not competitive owner with a lot more to spend. Yeah, no, 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 no. But like, what I'm saying is, he must desperately want to win. It must kill him that the Hornets suck every year, and it's like a meme that when his players do something stupid and he's there rolling his eyes or putting his head in his hands and I'm like get smarter like you need to like this is not basketball I'm not saying I'm not saying he has a competitiveness to make the team good I'm just saying that like it must be eating him, him alive and if he is such a great competitor why can't he do a good job of like the thing he's competing at now like it's just his team is just like a joke team they're like the Indiana Pacers they're like it's they're barely even trying to win they just try and all they all the reason the only reason the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers exist is to um, scrape into the playoffs and maybe win a first-round series if they're lucky, which they won't do because they're not good enough. Top four, baby. Like, have the, have the Hornets even shown any glimmers of anything since he's become the owner? Like, uh, nah, so what, did they have a first-round exit a couple of years ago with Kemba? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did... Oh, should we talk about Kemba briefly? Because that's interesting. Yeah, so just completely, so benched. And like Thib talking about it like he's going to be medically retired. Yeah, so Jordan made the right decision there. Like the coldest decision not to like max out this, you know, the one bright spot of their franchise history. But um, obviously he went to the Celtics and he wasn't that bad. Like he wasn't good. And the Celtics maybe underachieved a little bit, but he did, he did put up some decent performances in the playoffs for them. And I mean... It, clearly, he's not the only problem there. There's a lot of problems going on in, in, in Boston. But Kemba Walker, uh, he proved always that he's a bit of a liability on defense. And now that he can't make it to the rim, he's just a, you know, like a jack-up three-point shooter. A bit like Isaiah Thomas is just like has no place in the league anymore. It's 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 unbelievable how quickly Although, although Derek, I was going to say, when you, you, it sounds like you're describing Derek Rose, who still somehow has a place in the league. Yeah, on the same team, ironically. Yeah. It's um, sad. Actually, I, I, there's actually those two players, not Derek Rose, but Isaiah Thomas and Kemba, I wish only the best for. And I'm very sad about these early career endings. Although Isaiah's back in the G League. Yeah, Isaiah's trying to play his way back in on um, Jason Terry's G League team. I don't know if that's real, though. It's just like his mate gave him a chance. But um, Isaiah also weirdly like films these weird videos of him like balling out at like some sort of like summer pro-am event scoring 60 points and then going and crying in the changing room you seen that video Nah. what's the point of it just like hype videos he's like i think isaiah thomas is like trying to do his own pr to like give him a narrative as a comeback case and yeah he literally i could be wrong but that's what the people on the internet were saying that this is a video that he produced of him in the changing room crying and saying why don't they want me man why don't they want me it's the saddest thing but oh, also, like, professional sports is cutthroat. Um, it's sad because he, like, you know, he played hurt. He played on the day after his sister died. Like, there's so many things about his story that make him such a hero. But um, he's made millions of dollars. I mean, not as much as maybe he deserved. But, um, yeah, you got to go, wow, my run was better than... The number of players I even know from New Zealand 
who thought they were going to make the NBA, didn't make it, and just have that, like, what-if story. And it, like, it haunts athletes. And, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, Isaiah Thomas, in my mind, is far from a sob story and has proven himself to be... He's been given about 12 other chances since the Cavs or since the Celtics and hasn't, um, you know, has kind of proven why he should be there. And Kimba as well. It's like, if you're a player that only has two skills and one of your skills goes away, then you've got to go like, hey, my my time here is done kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's time. JT, you're looking <laughs> nervous. Do you have any trade rumors you want to throw? No, well, I, was just go- I was just going to go through the top five on Hoops Hype. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. It's time for the top five trade rumors on Hoops Hype. It's time for JT's Trade Rumor Roundup. Brought to you by Hoops Hype. Hoops, Hoops Hype. Hoops hyped. Uh, okay, uh, I'm not gonna, but I'm not gonna do hoops hard the credit of reading any of their intel. I'm literally just gonna read the name, and we'll try and guess where that person's going at the trade deadline. Great. Before All Star, um, and these guesses will be recorded. Okay, first Ben Simmons. R- rumor: I do know there's rumors of going to the Spurs and Lakers. Wow. Where do you think he's going? Ben Simmons, I think he's not going to be traded. Really? Yeah. Who would trade for him? Like, Maury can't back down now. I think the only the only one that would make sense would be to me, and I don't know for Cap, how to make it work for Cap, but Draymond Green plus assets for Ben Simmons. Well, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Why? Because why would the, the Warriors are the best team in the league and they haven't even got... Um, but Ben Simmons would be better than Draymond Green. No, he wouldn't, because they play... Definitely. Ben Simmons is a perimeter defender, and Draymond's a, 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 a forward defender. Ben Simmons can, well, can put guard one to five. Can he? He's six foot ten. Sure. No, no, I don't think you understand. Like, Draymond is a key part of the Warriors. Him and Steph are probably best mates. Like, they're just, that's insane. That's I, reckon that the, I reckon the Warriors want to get rid of Green in the next two seasons. This is nonsense. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hear you that they will... So if they smart, think they could win this year, a, a cutthroat trade at some point, but definitely not this year when he's going as well as he is. Okay, so you're saying no trade? Yeah, well, I just think that um, Maury has backed himself into a corner. Ben Simmons, I'd like, I'd, I believe they're gonna like, he's gonna like get it like himself amnestied through like, um, is, does amnesty still exist in the NBA? I don't even think it exists anymore. But like, he's gonna like. It's going to be played out in court, and he's going to end up like somehow leaving the team through some sort of like oh, like they do with injury dispute. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So they do it, they do it with the tra- they do it with like what happened to Chris Bosh, right? They have that clause, which basically, if you you have some sort of catastrophic career-ending in- injury, you eventually just get amnestied off the books. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but but you're more talking he gets his whole contract voided. Yeah, something like that. Like I'm like it's gonna it's gonna end up being like an industrial dispute. I can't I can't really predict, but I'm just like. I just don't think there's any way he's moved. That all the trade rumors in my mind have been so weak, and it's like, yeah, it'd be cool to see him on Minnesota, but Minnesota has nothing that Philadelphia wants back. And um, you know, there's a few teams that could make a trade, but like, okay, so Toronto Raptors, right? They have some good young assets, awesome stars that could potentially, like, you know, like, okay, maybe the um, they wouldn't really want Siakam, but like, you know, like maybe the Raptors have enough to get together. What are the Raptors? What, where are the Raptors going if they trade for Ben Simmons? At a high yeah, it would price. be pointless. The only way he's going to get traded is if he gets traded for bargain basement discount 
and and there's and Maury's made it clear he doesn't want to do a bargain basement right. discount. Okay, but um, what about the what about the obvious one? And this is skipping ahead to hoops height number three, CJ McCollum. Yeah. Um, the the reason I don't think that's going to happen is because they're right now just trying to um, uh, sort out their front. They're trying to like fire their GM, right? Like they're trying to fire their GM, uh, 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 Neil O'Shea, for um, yeah. harassment and bullying. Yeah. Now, what do you think? What do you think's going on there, right? Because that to me is very suspicious. If if you've been like bullying people in the workplace, you didn't just start doing that yeah. in the summer of. 2021 or whatever like yeah that's been going on a long time i'm not no. saying it, it's not happening but but like someone is is it chauncey there's some sort of power play going on no he's a famous no chauncey is is who o'shea hired he's o'shea is a famous asshole just like sava like the you know stuff's coming out about sava the phoenix suns owner these people have been legendary assholes for like 10 years and now they've eventually decided enough is enough and that you know someone wants to remove them the ir- irony is in in um, uh, Blazerland in Portland is that the rumor is, and this is going to sound crazy, so like Google this before you tell your friends this piece of fact because it could be wrong. So the Blazers are owned by Paul Allen, the crazy Microsoft billionaire who apparently had like a anti-submarine um, torpedo on his super yacht. And then he died suddenly and that threw the Blazers into disarray. The Blazers have been pretty reliable for the last 10 years under the leadership of O'Shea. O'Shea's a famous dickhead. They got taken over by Paul Allen's daughter. Paul Allen's daughter apparently is also dodgy, which is kind of funny because you never hear about that about women. But then again, there's not as many powerful women as men. But she has got serious allegations against her for harassment in the workplace and sexual harassment. Wow. So that's quite juicy. So there's a real confusion sandwich going on in my mind there where it's like is she trying to remove him and does that shine a light on her also it can't be easy to remove a gm like you need pretty serious allegations against them i mean you can just fire him and and pay his his wages but maybe they're trying to get fire him and not pay his wages i'm not sure what it is but like i don't know how serious the allegations are but um yeah it just seems like um in conclusion they are an absolute shit show, and it's unlikely they're going to make a big trade under those circumstances, I think. So why, why is Dame Lillard so keen to stay at Portland all these years? Do you think he's some sort of like masochist, like he's into it? He want, he loves being like domed or whatever by us. <laughs> no, well, he, they had a great vibe. Like, Portland's been a good situation for Dame Lillard, you know? like it, Yeah, but, well, uh, but I could be like excelling in my career, but if it was in a real toxic work environment where... People were constantly harassing each other. I don't think I'd be that happy. No, Daniel is at the top. You don't oh, realize so, he doesn't. Right, see it. so he's he's over there. So it's like the, you know, that thing with that like um, things using business consultancy, a picture of an iceberg, and it's like this is what you see. Then these are all the problems. Yeah, he's like on the iceberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. I um I worked at the Edge Radio Station, which is famously going through massive cultural reviews at the moment and media works in general. And I never noticed anything, I'm embarrassed to say. Like, I definitely, there was things about the culture that I didn't like, but I never was aware, I mean, partly because I'm a man, but also because people, everyone treated me well. And the and my bosses who have been accused of, um, one of my bosses who was accused of quite serious things, I don't know what the details are exactly. I had no idea, but this is just a guy who was lovely to me. And I just did never, you know, it, it, everything worked out well for me. And it just, I just didn't see it. And um, O'Shea definitely wouldn't be mean to his stars he's being an asshole to like the people below him and the people who work for him and stuff like that yeah Lillard's treated like a king he's had such a good the discussion I'm sick of the discussion about Lillard he's 
a pretty good player, an all-star player who's had a great career at a great team, should retire there as B and people will be like, thanks for the memories. What a great time. If he wants to win, he needs to leave now, but he's going to be a second or third option, a microwave scorer and, um, you know, a 30-point-a-game guy. But, like, it's hard to imagine him being the number one option on an NBA championship team. So even though he talks about loyalty and how much he's sacrificed, he's got the maximum money. He's got the best scenario for him personally. And, yeah, he could have years ago gone, 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 gone and joined a, a team that might have won, maybe goes play with LeBron or something like that. But it's if he did that, he would have been a lesser player and possibly ended his career earlier. Or he could be, you know, floating around like Kemba Walker if he moves. So it's like, he he isn't, I don't think he's made any sacrifices in his career really and should, should shut out loyalty in my opinion. Yeah, well, take that, Dame. But I still think <laughs> I still think he should go to Philadelphia. That'd be really cool. Uh, you mean McCullum should or Lillard. no or Lillard? Well, that's not an option, is it? Lillard for again, like that'd be crazy. So the the Blazers team there is CJ. Nah, he'd have McCullum. to disgrunt. Yeah, he'd have to, he'd have to disgruntle his way out of it. Yeah, but and that's I, a good point. So could could a player? So that's a good, interesting point. What if a player went to the NBA commissioner and was like, "There's harass, there's a, a culture of harassment on this team that should void my employment contract." You couldn't yeah. keep him employed, right? Has it has a has a player ever claimed like workplace harassment? What about getting yelled at? Uh, What they they always get yelled at by the coaches on the sideline. You could easily take a case against Thibodeau. He's constantly belittling me in front of publicly about my performance. He screams at me. Do do, do you not reckon there must be something stopping this from already happening? I will say this though, because you kind of make it sound like you're doing it as a move to get moved. And yeah. As Ben Simmons playing the mental health card at the moment, he might not be, but it seems like he is. Um, it's a slippery slope when you start lying about very serious allegations. Oh, no, I'm not saying you're lying. You're telling the truth. But I'm saying that you could basically apply that to that. any team. You play that card, yeah. Nah, I reckon I reckon a lot of card teams have like a real player-orientated focus. Like, it's clear for most of his career, LeBron James has done whatever he wanted. Like, I'm sure in... in Damon Lillard largely gets treated like a king. Like he couldn't claim that he was badly treated. I mean, Thibodeau's players, maybe there's a couple of players, but um, they're generally players who like Thibodeau's players like playing for him. I don't know. I don't really understand the narrative. He had some bad two year, bad years in Minnesota, but um, the narrative that Thibodeau players hate him, like they go back, him and his players are like the strongest bonded players ever, right? Like Taj Gibson follows him everywhere. Not that Taj Gibson has a million offers out there, um, Derek Rose follows it. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, give us another trade rumor. Uh, I'm through the rumors now, but that's all the rumors. <laughs> was that... that was like two. Well, because we talked about McCallum and Lillard as one, and then the other one on Hoops Heart was Thaddeus Young, and I was like, who the fuck cares where Thaddeus Young goes? <laughs> I forgot Thaddeus Young was still in there. Well, I care. Who, where's he going to go? Who's, who, who are you going to trade Thaddeus Young for, buddy? The third Wagner brother. Like, there's going to be someone else <laughs> that no one cares about. Yeah, there's like a collection of, of four or five versatile wings that just get traded for each other. Jermichael Green, Thaddeus Young. Uh, Trevor Reese is slipping into this category now. Yeah, Harrison Barnes. Um, the best one, uh, the best one of this category is oh, shit. The guy from the Suns, Jay Crowder, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Oh, I'd say he's a little undersized for this character. The okay. guys that can re- re- can but, play the four or three, yeah. Okay, yeah, I love that trope though, and they just move around. Yeah, Jay Crowder is the king, eh? And I love how Jay Crowder always, no matter where he goes. Oh, um, PJ Tucker. 
Um, yeah. And wherever they go, they win though as well. Like it's interesting that wherever PJ Tucker and Jade Crowder will go right now, they're successful. I really hate Jade Crowder. I always have. Yeah, he he kind of he's kind of like a tough guy who plays like a sensitive game in a way. Like yeah, I agree. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I, I like his look though. He's got a very cool aesthetic. Like I always love uh, a player with dreads. Like it's more of an NFL kind of look, but um, dreads and he wears full compressions. And cool shoes. He looks like a um, a player from the future of basketball. He just needs some glasses, and he'd be sick. Have, have you seen that basketball? I think it no longer exists. I don't know what it's called, but it's like a basketball court, and then there's four mini tramps on the ground near the hoop. So yeah. it's like normal until you get there, and then they like to score. You do crazy tramp based dunks, <laughs> and people, but people as well, the defenders like bounce on the tramp to try and block you. No, to like tackle you, right? It's called like slam ball or something. Slam like ball that. or something. It's so cool. There's yeah. so many good basketball variants that I've discovered recently on TikTok. What yeah. have you seen? Like backyard basketball, that's good as well. What's back? What's backyard basketball? It's sort of like um, I don't think it's like on grass. So you're sort of like running with the ball, and then you can shoot it from behind the hoop or anything. Especially like basketball, no dribbling. Wow, that sounds yeah, perfect. Why? No, where are good. you watching this? And why is this good? Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what the algorithm's just um, serving it to me. Hey, one other thing I wanted to, uh, and I d- uh, this might be no longer a news story, but I found it hysterically funny. Steph Curry not breaking the record, just got like getting absolutely locked up by Thibault and um, uh, must have been Mikael Bridges before that. Well, Steph- I watched. I hope yeah. it could go on for a year. It'd be so funny to me. Yeah, yeah, like of him just struggling to get to. What's he getting, getting to? Like beating Bray Allen's. Yeah, so he needed fourteen made. like three games ago. And he just doesn't get it. And it would just be, I don't know. I'd never wanted someone to be injured, but it'd just be like hilarious if he never made it. Has he not broken it like right now? Like where He is... might have broken it today. Let's let's do some hot let's we do some seen live recording. We would have seen it. Okay, he paid the paces. Did he not sit out today? Is he, is he not? He's, the dream was he's going to beat it in, um, in New York at Madison Square Garden tomorrow. So I think, oh no, he's, he's, on, the, he's on the game recap. He mustn't have done it. But if you said 14. Falls, falls one short. Oh, that's funny. He's saving it for New York City. Great. Yeah. You gotta do it in the garden as well. Like it's like it's scripted. He probably paused. Although he won by two points, so he couldn't he couldn't F around. He had to um he had to take every three uh, he could take. And that that's reminded me of my final um uh trade rumor. Okay. I'm glad. Uh Miles Turner. Yeah. Where do you think he'll go? From the paces. Uh, to mediocrity, to obscurity. Like, he's just kind of that player that... I can't imagine him, a player like him, going somewhere and flourishing, you know? like I think he, I think he would. If he had some spacing, he, isn't, he can shoot. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. Like, a big in mo- the modern NBA, rebounder, defender. Like, it's just hard to see. Teams don't want to build around that. They want a piece. And it's like, yeah, he would go to... Dallas or something and, and be like a, a, a contributor, but he's going to be like the third or fourth option wherever he goes. I kind of feel sorry for him, but um, he's a good player. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah a bit of a weird situation there in India, as I've kind of mentioned already. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, we miss Paul. Do you have anything else you want to say before we um, wrap this bad boy up? It's been very enjoyable. I've loved hearing about your... I kind of wish we didn't talk about basketball at all. I wish we talked about... Just our, our interesting, fascinating lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's so, so every sort of white man, that's what they 
That's what they do. Want to do is just podcast, so it's just speaking about themselves into a void. Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate that we've been gifted with this amazing talent just to talk about basketball at such a high level and just to be able to... I can just dissect the game. You know how, like, Kobe used to do that segment on ESPN where he would just, like... He'd just really get into... De- I think it was called detail. He'd just get into the details of the game, the, the art of basketball. And I feel like me and you could do that, too, as well. Definitely. Just in an all-white room wearing um, kind of Steve Jobs kind of... Oh, what are you wear to work? Sorry, wearing some plaid pants like and t-shirts um, and stuff. T-shirts. <laughs> I tell you what, my skill, my analysis skills, I can like real quickly tell who's going to be. You know how Paul reckons you can tell from names who's going to be good drafted. I can tell real early who's going to end up swaggy or not. <laughs> Based on what the, what what they wear on their Instagram. Just, just like no, like their first, like their rookie sort of rookie draft night and their first few games, I can just tell where they're going to how swaggy they're going to be. Has Swaggy kind of disappeared a little bit as well? With Swaggy P out the league, no one cares about Kelly Oubre Jr. Like, I don't even know who he plays for at the moment. Nah, Swag's bigger than ever. Lamelo Ball is like basically a human Instagram post. Like he's like Instagram had a baby. I hear you on that, but I, I never thought Lamelo Ball's actually cool though. Nah, he is. He's done a for Like I wanted to hate him real bad, but I love him. And I love all, all his social media is so funny. He's like quite dumb, but... You know, obviously not that dumb, if that makes sense. Like, he just is the most... And now he's, he's talking with this real weird um, affectation. Like, I don't think it's his... I think he's developed a whole different voice that he uses now. Amazing. I just love him. Did you see um, uh, Kuzma, who I find quite lovable, and, like, yeah, he only got famous because he's played for the Lakers and stuff like that. But he is, like, you know, like he won a championship and has been, like, a handy contributor to um, winning basketball he- before. He's a starter on. He's been a starter on two NBA teams. Like people Pretty bash good. him way too much. No, but like no, but Lakers fans. He's the opposite of. I mean, the difference between him and Kuzma is that he's he's black and Kuzma's white, basically. But I'm uh, oh, sorry, no, oh. the other way around. No, the <laughs> other way around. No, he's he's Kuzma's black, and who's that guy who um everyone loves? That guy. The oh yeah, the yeah. Um, Alex Caruso. Yeah. Alex Caruso. Like they've both got the same amount of attention, but Kuzma, it's a lot more negative. But did you see Kuzma wore that big pink baggy sweater? Um, yeah, I liked it. Players memes. You actually liked that. It was a, it was a huge. He wore. For people don't know, Kuzma showed up to the game, in a, and NBA players wear a lot of crazy stuff. I love it. I love what Westbrook wears to the games. I want to buy that book if it wasn't so expensive. They release of always pregame looks, especially if you're a gorgeous body. Like I love to see some lovely clothes on a lovely, gorgeous lad. But I will say that uh, Kuzma went beyond parody, where he wore a huge oversized pink sweater where he's already a massive dude and this sweater was like below his knees and the um, arms hung like a foot below his, his hands. It was ridiculous. Yeah. One thing I would say, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm pro Kuzma. No, but but you, one thing that, one thing that worries me, yeah. but one thing that what does worry me and it, it, it gives me a little anxiety on behalf of the players, mm. they're spending way too much money on clothes. Yes. Like, at 82 games a season. You yeah. don't need you don't need to drip eighty two times. Drip. Yeah. They should have the NBA should be like the players' association should be like fine. These weekends are the drip weekends. Yeah. Every other weekend, like just dress down, t shirt, yeah, jeans. It's too much. Where are all these clothes going? And and I must say, I do love um, like Durant just showing up in hoodie and um, sweatpants and stuff like that. I just enjoy the idea of like people just showing up for business. I do miss the suits, even though I think the dress code clearly was racist in a horrific time in NBA history. 
Um, I do miss players showing up looking nice in a suit. Yeah, I don't miss the suit. I just get, as I say, stressed out about the amount of money they're spending. Yeah, well, if there's any NBA players listening, um, just make sure you budget there, you know, and just, yeah, plan your drip weekends. Or how about um, this? Here's an app, and it's called... um, It's called... uh, Instagram. No, it's called NB Raid My Wardrobe. NB Raid My Wardrobe, and it's an an exclusively clothes-sharing app for other NBA players. Because so few people would fit their clothes. Yeah. And you scale it by like by height. So they're buying they're they're buying custom designer threads. Um yeah, and, and then when they're done with them, they can resell them to other NBA players. Yeah, and so that you could like mix and match and so people wouldn't know it's the same. But people would know it's the same because they just look at two photos and they'd connect it very quickly. Mm, maybe. But it'd be good. I, I'm into it though. Why don't they autograph their designer no, that wouldn't work? It's a lot of food for thought in today's episode, I reckon. Like, I feel full of great knowledge, yeah. great ideas. NBA raid my wardrobe. That's a great, that's a good idea. And like, a good idea is a good idea forever. And that's, I think that's so important as well. Um, Wise words to end on. Um, yeah, thanks for um, doing the podcast with me, JT. I sincerely appreciate it. Oh, you always do it. So I shouldn't be thanking you. You're just a good, thanks for contributing and giving me a little bit of, Giving New Zealand a bit of your, your you know, your story and a bit of your your talent as an analyst as well. Hey, speaking of talent, um, yeah, because you, you're in the media. Yeah, I player. couldn't I'm help like but one of the main one of the main media players in the world. I reckon. Couldn't help but notice we um didn't we went up for any awards at the New Zealand Podcast Awards recently. Failed yeah. to failed to receive a nomination in any of the categories. Yeah, I don't want to. Do say you know much about this? I don't want to say you've strapped your hands around a, um, a loser, but I can't get nominated for anything like new zealand today my tv show which some people like and seems reasonably critically acclaimed has never been nominated for an award um really? i still have the screenshot of what it's been up against and i'm like, i haven't even heard of the other comedies that are nominated in best comedy wow do you think it's do you think there's some sort of um i don't know some sort of like it's a vendetta against you somewhere no i'm just saying that um i am cultural trash you know, like, you know, like you see awards that are like Oscar movies, like the green book and stuff that are like Oscar bait, right. They write like a really simple racial narrative that doesn't actually advance the discourse, but you know, they write a really basic film. I'm the opposite of that. I'm like award poison. Like whatever I touch turns to the opposite of gold turns to, um, you know, human, uh, feces. Excrement. Yeah. Excrement. I'm sorry to be disgusting, but that's, how I am and how I feel, you know? Well, you um, you might want to check out a podcast that actually won bronze at the New Zealand Podcast Awards. It's called Get Flushed, and it's New Zealand's um, premier uh, sanitation podcast. Oh, my yeah. God. So that's not a joke. So um, anyway, that's looks uh, something to target for next year, maybe getting on that noms list. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll try and get out there. We'll try and win. Like, if, if you like the podcast, tell your friends. Give it a five-star rating on the um, podcast apps. And um, also check out the New Zealand Today podcast, which is a podcast that I've just released. JT, you've obviously been devouring every episode of the I New actually, Zealand Today podcast. Um, oh, I'm really worried about admitting something here. I watched it on YouTube. Is that something that you encourage or discourage? I, I really encourage it. Did you okay, yeah, watch wa- it? I appreciate it. Yeah, I watched it, it on yeah. YouTube. Um, Karen is very funny. So it was the Karen Goes to Jail one, I believe. Yeah, Karen is um, Karen's an absolute New Zealand icon. And um, it, if you want to hear some stories from Karen, then... And uh, will it always be 
Karen, who's who's on the New Zealand Today podcast? It's ten episodes of me and Karen talking crap. It's like this podcast, but amazing. It's, but it's got Karen instead of you. Have you ever thought about you could you could have saved yourself a night a week <laughs> by just combining them? And <laughs> and no, no, and what you could have done is basically because because another Paul <laughs> Paul Paul in particular is just going to speak for you know minutes at a time about. A magic we're not expecting or wanting or inviting any input from us <laughs> but you could have had two zencaster window with uh, windows yeah and just being like okay what's happening this week and just pause both it, it's, it's it would have saved a lot of time and money it's a great idea and maybe i'll maybe i'll think of it next time um, a basketball podcast that also has karen from new zealand today involved as well it's a genius idea jt um no cheers mate i bloody appreciate it uh, my name's guy williams my name's JT. That's a pretty cool way to finish the podcast. <laughs> See Sorry, I was looking time. up the judges of the New Zealand Podcast Awards. <laughs>